podcast for you, the real estate professional. This is One on One, the official Realty One Group podcast powered by One University. Welcome back to another episode of the one-on-one podcast. My name is Joshua Katz. I am joined as always by Ryan Esteban, our producer, and my co-host, Kathy Baker. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's good to see you guys again. It is. It is. It's great. How's Um, that? It's still hot. Yeah, Kathy, it's not fun. Uh, I have nothing to complain about. And these are real first word problems for me to be saying that it's too (laughs) hot in Southern California when people are dealing with a lot worse. But yeah, it's hot. And I feel like it's come up out of nowhere because we had such a long, what felt like a long cold winter. Um, And then all of a sudden it's 100 degrees here. Yeah, we really, I mean, we, to be honest, Ryan and I talk about this. I feel like we really only have two seasons in California. It's either hot or it's not so hot, but like, yeah. we really did have rain until June. It felt like, um, I'm a, I'm a total Californian. It's either surfing weather or snowboarding weather. Yeah. So we're definitely in, I can't surf right now, but it's surfing weather right now. It's a balmy 82 down here in San Diego. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, well, let's get into it. Um, on one of our previous episodes, we had the wonderful Rob Spearman, um, and the man is just a legend to to put it as simply as possible. And we really got to know him. Well, now we want to get to know what's inside his brain and we want to um, get some helpful tips on what's going on in the market right now. And so we brought him back. So Rob, welcome. Welcome back. Um, it's, it's fun to be here. Fun to be here. And, and Josh, I really feel, I feel really awful for you in that California weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, you know, Southern California, it's, it's a rough life. It is, you know? you know, just, you know, with the Pacific ocean right there in the background, like it's a pain. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's a pain here. You complain, you know, having trouble with that weather. <laughs> um, well, Rob, um, we, we got to know you a little bit. I know the three of us know you on a more personal level and we know how much you've done in your career um, and just how driven of an individual you are. But um, Kathy and I, what it feels like for the last few episodes or what Kathy, 10, 12 episodes, we've been talking about this shifting market and we know the market is always shifting, but I think we're kind of starting to see a little bit of a, a, another shift, another change, however you want to call it. Um, and so we wanted to get your advice, your insight. Um, where do you see things now? Where do you see things going? Um, yeah, let's just start there. Yeah, the, 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 you're right. The, the market is always shifting, but there's always opportunities with it. And um, so you just kind of have to ch- change your game plan a little bit. So if you look, you know, let's kind of take a look at what the market is like right now. Um, 70% of all mortgages with homeowners, their interest rate is below 4%. Hmm. And I think it's 30% that might be or 25%, something like that, is below 3%. So as a seller, there's not a desire like we've experienced, obviously, in 2021 or 2015 or 2002 or 1997, when rates kept going down and you had a higher rate, it made a very easy transition. So they're really what's called kind of golden handcuffed. Why would you want to sell? 
if you're going to pay a higher interest rate, if you have to pay, if you're not getting enough equity to, to, right. to adjust the, the payment. So, so with that, you really have to have a mindset of why someone's going to need to sell their home. And, and let me just step back. If, if this was 2010, we would all be complaining that we had too many listings. Mm. I, I can remember those years where an agent would walk in the office and they would be complaining because they had three listing appointments. And, and it, it was just awful. They had so many listings because we were searching buyers. Well, today we need listings. So the game is to find listings. And so you need to find a situation of change. And that's the good news. So if, if I walked into a room and there was a thousand people there, I don't know who's going to buy or sell. I don't know who has two and three quarters and it's a family of three and they have four bedrooms that doesn't need to sell, mm -hmm. right? I've got to talk to all thousand of them. Mm -hmm. But if I can walk into that room and a hundred people have their hands up, I know there's a change and I can focus in on them. Now, every, every agent runs their business and, and, and referrals, the sphere of influence, great customer service, networking is paramount. I mean, that's paramount in everyone's business. I'm just sharing some ideas that you could add to go after listings today and target where you have the best opportunity for success. Now, here's the great thing about this market, and this is what's going to happen two or three years down the road four years, could be six months, who knows? There's going to be pent up demand for sellers. There's people that want to move today, but mm -hmm. they won't move because of the interest rate. Those rates at some day, at some point in time will be in that 4% range. If they hit 4%, there's going to be an avalanche. So your sphere and your networking there, you must do and expand it to people you know. So when those rates do drop, which they will at some point in time, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of listings, a lot of potential success there. But in the meantime, let's look for situation of changes. Okay. So um, now on the situation of changes, you have to kind of keep in mind that not all experiences when someone sells is a happy moment. Right. People do sell under distressed or unfortunate situations, but boy, do they need a real estate professional? Do they need someone with empathy? Do they need someone that can really understand them and help them? Boy, absolutely they do. Okay. And there's a couple, couple ways to target that because it's public information. One is estates. So if you look in your county, like, like my county here in, in, in West Des Moines, Polk County, for example, there's 80 to 100 estates. It's very easy to find who has passed away, who the um, estate is, the executors, and the family. And those, and I've worked, I've worked with those families when I was active selling, and they really, really needed the help. Yeah. So think about it. Family passes away, and you have all these investors contacting them wanting really to sell that house for not what it's really worth. It's worth more than what they want to buy it. You step in and
and you help them through that through that situation. Okay, um, so it's easy to target. It's 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 it adds a lot of value. Um, another situation is there would be pre-free closures on a foreclosure where notice has been served, and it might be sixty or ninety days. Now, in this marketplace, when when people go through some distress, a job loss, mental illness, um, drug or alcohol abuse, divorce, and those situations, they need help. Again, the investors are are all over them. Okay, but as as real estate professionals, we can help them better. We can sell any house at any condition in any location and get more money for them, more money that might help them get readjusted. And they're going through an emotional trauma. If it's even, I mean, a a variety of different situations. Sure. So we can have a great impact there. Those are easy to target. Okay. So that would be two right there. Now, um, for, for more of a distressed, but, there's there's a few others that that are a lot more um, that aren't the distress type. So um, investors, landlords. So on the landlords, it's easy to find who has rental properties. Now you can the the ideal time to target them is when they the house is vacant. And you're really looking for, you just search the county records and, and determine. You don't want the landlord that that investor that has 10, 15, 20, 30, or 40. You target the ones that have one, two, three, and four. And the reason you call them, and it's a simple call. Mm-hmm. It's a real simple call. You could even text, but a call is real simple. Is you're just trying to find out if it's available for rent. If they say it's been rented, you just moved. Are they looking to buy more? If it's still available, have you thought about selling? Okay. Mm -hmm. And here is what will happen. If you think about it, I don't know if you've owned rental properties, but if you jump in, you get a couple of rental properties and that tenant moves out and they kind of tore it up. They had to put carpet in, they had to paint it, they had to do everything else. So they just put three, four, five, six thousand dollars into it. It was a bad tenant. Or maybe it was a good tenant, but they still had to do a bunch of work to it. There's a lot of pain. And what a better time to put the house on the market and get top dollar for them. So the that's ac- a group. The accidental investor, the one that didn't mean to be one, but ended up being an inv- having investment property. Yes. Or they've, they've uh, wanted to jump into it. They, they bought two, three, four, five of them, that range, and realized it wasn't for them. Or they need to have the money for another investment or for another opportunity. Okay. So th- those are, those are super, and, and there's a lot of them. It's, it's just an easy way to target. Now there is no um, rejection target in. They like real estate. They're either going to want to sell it. They're either going to say no, or if they're, they might want to look for something else. Okay. And you're 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 stockpiling people that have multiple properties. Mm-hmm. I knew uh, back in the '90s, I had a, um, an agent friend that did this. He 
And he was calling for about a couple of weeks. He called someone they, and, they, and the person said, no, nope, I don't want to sell. And he said, are you looking to buy more? The guy said, yeah, I'm looking to buy a lot more. And I think he sold them like, I don't know if it was like 40 or 45, 60 units. It was a lot of units over the next 18 months. And then, if you, and then a dozen years later, started selling all of them. Okay. And of course, that agent got the business. So it's, it's, and it's a real fun area to target. So that's a good one. The other one, and I believe that everyone around the country has uh, RPR, Realtor Property Resource. That's a great tool. You can find your pre-foreclosures in there, but you also can find absentee owners. And I believe like in Arizona, the, 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 the records will show even absentees, but RPR has it. So an absentee owner just means they don't live there. Now, some of those are going to be rentals, but what you're looking for here is you're not looking, you do not want an LLC. You're looking for mom and pop and their mailing address is going to be in Colorado, California, Omaha, Kansas City, not in your market. And they have one property. So what happened is perhaps that they thought they would use that as a rental. They've moved and now they're using it as a rental. At some point in time, they're going to want to sell that. They're going to see the value in that home and they're going to want to sell it. And I would gather that list and target them. And I would use direct mail. I would go into a space that no one's in. Today, no one talks about direct mail. That space is wide open. 25 years ago, if you're a homeowner, you'd have dozens of these flyers and letters from all sorts of real estate professionals. But today, I mean, Kathy, I mean, you get at home. I don't get any at home. It's wide open. It sticks out. The thing I love about direct mail, you have to touch it to trash it. So you're you going gonna to get their attention. You will. You will. And that's a, a you're not going to have instant results. If you put together a list of 100, or 150 or 200, you just start small. You just take that that activity each day that you're doing, that lead generation activity that you have blocked off, and and perhaps it's 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 getting the names, it's getting the names into your database. It's mailing maybe the first month it's 50, then the next month it's 75, and you work you work that database for that angle. So the um, Another way is divorces. Divorces are always a situation of change. That's um, it's public knowledge. It's all so the records are there, um, and you can also uh, network with attorneys. Just kind of a sidebar that I've noticed with divorces. Divorces, and then people get they get um, remarried. So if you have a client or you know someone that they bought the home as a couple, they're divorced, so one couple has moved out, a number of years go by, and another couple, another not another couple, but another, they're, they're back into relationship, remarried or not married, but they're in that home. The person that wasn't there, if it was the husband or, or the wife who, who, who wasn't in that relationship that bought that home, they'll always feel uncomfortable. They have a sense about something. They don't know that, but they do. Mm. And if you, if you recognize that, 
then you know that that itch is going to come up, that they need to have a conversation because that other spouse is thinking about it and they have no clue. They just don't feel right there. Can I ask a, uh, I hope it's not a dumb question, but so obviously let's, let's take the example of divorce. You know, it's a sensitive matter. How as an agent do you open that conversation without coming off as, as sharky? Well, you, you never want to come across sharky. You, you have to have the intention to help someone. But I guess and, the, the, like you, so, you finding that in like, you know, like ha, like you as the agent from the other side of the phone conversation, like how would you have known that information without being, Oh yeah. no, 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 no. I, I see what you're talking about. No, yeah. no, you're not, you're not sending a letter. Hey, you're, you're I hear great news. I heard you got divorced. Yeah. Do you want to sell? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. You're hey, just want to sell your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're not doing that. Um, it's you've targeted them that they they there's an op there's there's a situation a change in their life that there's a high probability that they're going to want to sell mm-hmm. okay and so you are are you you're putting that into a farm so to speak a, a mailing system to to mail to it's the same thing with the pre free closures you're not going to them saying hey i heard you're behind on your payments you know what's up <laughs> yeah. you better sell this house with me no no you don't do that but you are writing some letters that that are basically that um and and the marketing pieces would would be addressed more like hey it's very simple to sell we could you know to, to sell your home fast to walk away with cash doesn't make a difference what condition your home is in um, or you might have other opportunities out there in, in that area. It's, so you're, you're targeting specifically. So when they get something, they're like, yeah, I've been wanting to sell. Mm-hmm. I do need to sell this. And Josh, I think that was a brilliant question. And I, I think each one of these, number one, everybody, every viewer, every listener on the call, please write down situation of change. Yeah. Because that's key. But I think all of it, you have to come at it from a relationship. You've got to build the relationship and you've got to build that around sensitivity and empathy and not commission breath. Yes. There are going to be a lot of people that are just that will do foolish things like, hey, I see your mom just died. Want to list her house? (laughs) And I'm serious because I've experienced I've experienced that I've experienced that crass commission breath and Rob you probably have too, so you know I love even the cadence of your voice in explaining this. Yep. Is go at it with sensitivity, empathy, and consistency. Mm-hmm. It's not an overnight solution. It is so. It is, and Kathy, you're 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 spot on with the relationship. Um, I'm I'm blessed to be around realtors every day, all the time. I just love it. And when they're, they're doing business, I always ask them, why are they selling? Why are they selling? And you'll be amazed if, if, if as an agent, just think back over the last year, two or five years, how many people that you helped because they got divorced or because they passed away or they got relocated or something like that, that situation to change. What you're doing is you're just targeting how you can help them with and if it's a distressed area by not saying that you're you know you're doing it with respect yeah 
Rob, would it be beneficial to develop a relationship from a referral perspective with, um, depending on your market, with assisted living facilities? Because I think now how many children don't live near their parents? And when it's time for a property to be sold, if parents have to transition either through death or through transitioning into assisted living, my experience has been those people need a lot of help. And if you can, a lot of times they have to sell the home to get into the assisted living facility. So would it be worthwhile to develop a relationship with some of those? Definitely. And, and agents there, 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 you know, we have agents in our office here in West Des Moines that, that have done that and do that. They have relationships. And so they built those relationships so they could help those families. Um, those assisted areas have families, obviously wanting to, the, the, you know, the, re, the, the money and the resource to, to make that moves coming from the home. Now, another situation is uh, Medicaid. So each state has Medicaid and Medicaid is, is for, it's for family that, that um, on a lower income where they basically have complete, they, everything's gone. They have no, no fun. They have nothing financially. They can't afford a nursing home. But the nursing home will pay for it, but they need to sell their home. And they're on limited means because their Social Security check needs to be $2,200 or less. Now, those homes, sometimes you're going to have you're going to have a little bit more family issues because the family didn't step in or they didn't have family to step in to help take it. So you're going to have homes that are a little bit more, they're going to be beat up. They're going to be a little bit worn out, not upkept uh, for situations like that. Um, if there are some families there, they really, they need some guidance. They just don't know what to do. I want to go back and repeat something you said because I I don't want this is so rich. I mean, you guys, you're going to need to watch this episode two or three times, honestly. honestly. Yep. And one thing I want to go back to that I want to make sure everyone understands is this concept of pent up inventory. And set. I want to repeat what you said to make sure I got it because I'll give you credit the first time and then the next time it's going to be mine. Um, Seventy <laughs> percent of of homeowners today have a have an interest rate of 4% or less or less and another 25% have 3% or less. I'm pretty close on that stats. It could be off a little bit, but it's, it's, it's major. Cause you've known me a long time. You know, I don't do math. Well, what does it mean when you combine that statistic with equal percentages, 70% have an equity of 50% or, I mean, having more than 50% equity in their home. Does that not accelerate that pent up that man as soon as as soon as mentally that rate drops close to four percent, right? And I've got all this equity built up. I'm out of here. They will. They'll they'll make those changes. Uh, the other thing too is um, there, there, and there'll be another sub subsection that has the first mortgage maybe at that three and a half, uh, but they went and did they did a HELOC loan. And so now they have that payment. So what then? When the rates do move, they think let's just combine them, take whatever, take the equity we have. It might it'll be smaller, perhaps, but there's enough to make the down payment on the on the on the new home. Yeah, you combine that with the fact that people are now working from home, working remote, and they're like, you know, if this is going to be permanent, which I don't think any of us anticipated, Josh, that working from home was, would be as permanent as it is. Oh yeah. But yeah you combine that with man i need that fourth bedroom for an office or i need that basement um for an office or i you know i i need that i mean i'm just saying the this other, is going to 
get ready, folks, because this is the perfect storm for one heck of a business. The other thing, Kathy, is you, because so many people work from home, you no longer are pigeonholed to wherever your office is. Like if I wanted to go buy a home in Iowa, I could, and I could still work for Realty One Group in Southern California. And so your options are a lot more vast now in this market. Yeah. I just great advice. What great advice. Love it. I love every situation you talked about. And I I just want to emphasize it's people need help. And when you come at this from a relationship and not commission breath, there's a big difference. But when you come at it from relationship, you're really practicing a servant leadership or servant service or providing something that consumers need. And, And they've all said in surveys, what they want is trustworthy. Yeah. And so build your foundation on trust and consistency in this. And uh, you're, you're setting yourself up for a phenomenal um, business. Absolutely. Um, well, Rob, thank you so much. You are such a wealth of information. Um, we would love to have you back. And I mean, I, I feel like there's a thousand other subjects we could talk about. And that are real estate related and a thousand that are non real estate related. So we would love to have you back. Um, this was a great episode. I'm going to go back and take notes on this episode because I learned a lot. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As always. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I will say this, Josh and Ryan, every year in October, the National Association of Realtors does a survey to the membership and they say, what do you want in a broker? And the past, what, nine or 10 years, Rob, it's come back as trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. I don't think we could have a better example, Josh and Ryan, on our podcast in a trusted advisor than Rob Spearman. So, Rob, thank you. Completely thank agreed. You. Yeah. Thank you. I a lot of fun. Thanks, Rob. So proud to have you in this network. We thank you for joining us today on another episode of One on One, a Realty One Group podcast. We are powered by One.U and ask if you have suggestions, recommendations, or questions, please email learning at realtyonegroup.com. And remember, pay close attention to the details, listen to understand, not respond, and always be a resource, not a sales pitch.